Welcome to Reading Around Macroeconomics. I'm your host, Emil Kalinowski. I'm also your narrator, and I will be reading to you a piece by Jeffrey P. Snyder, the head of global research for Alhambra Investments. You can find all of Jeff's writings at the Alhambra Investments blog, and this one you'll find posted on the 21st of September. The title is Previewing the Taper Theater. Jeff makes an impassioned point in this blog post that it doesn't matter that the countdown you see on Bloomberg of how many minutes and seconds to the taper announcement. What did the FOMC say? Oh my God, we're waiting in line for that big summer blockbuster. We can't wait to see it. And Jeff ends the article by saying, Euro dollar, not Evergrande. That wasn't just the point of yesterday's recall. And here Jeff is referring to an article he wrote uh, the previous day. It is the whole point of beyond 14 years of going only the wrong way, the deflationary way. Defaults in China are nowadays a commonplace part of that trend, one which began early in 2014 with Shanghai Chaori Solar. What was significant about Chaori was this. It was the moment when the euro dollar finally caught up to China. You can literally see it. And here Jeff shows a chart where the Chinese currency inflected from going always up, always strengthening, to heading sideways to down. And the moment that happened was exactly when Shanghai Chaori solely, solar, uh, announced that it was going to halt its bonds and then miss a coupon. <clears throat> the problem is despite the deficiency being just this obvious, the orthodox of economics prevents any correct interpretation. The public remains confused about cause and effect. Why does the dollar go up in value and CNY down? No economist seems to know, and so long as the stock market is up, very few elsewhere seem to care, which, by the way, is the whole point. The irony, such that there is one, is golden. Quoting myself again, this time way back in November 2014, just as that same post-Chauri flood of euro-dollar destruction was cresting over the shores of lands far and away from the dollar's home, <clears throat> they hated gold, so they allowed the creation of euro-dollars. Now, they hate euro-dollars even though they don't really know what they are or how they actually work. And maybe nobody really does. Japanification lingers onward. Several years thereafter, the whole 2014-15 to 15 affair was easily flushed by those who hadn't been able to explain what happened during it. Not to China or Brazil, and certainly not about Europe or the United States. Again, this is an issue identified by Mr. Keynes himself during the last not-so-great depression. In the 30s, there was far more attention paid to these clear monetary aspects because there was just no getting around them. The Fed, as other central banks, hadn't yet hired up all the economists. Writing more last week about this, here's what Keynes had correctly observed. At periods when gold is available at suitable depths, experience shows that the real wealth of the world increases rapidly. 
when but little of it is so available, our wealth suffers stagnation or decline. Notice first what Keynes did. Money is not itself wealth. Our real economic wealth suffers when this medium is in too short supply. As a primary tool for legitimate commerce, you can appreciate why this would be. Anyone can build their own house using primitive devices, but can they do so far cheaper, faster, therefore more efficiently, availing themselves of the best tools? Depending on their cost. Money has a cost, which is supposed to be regulated by central banks. Elasticity. And therein lies the world's entire problem. Supposed to be regulated. Instead, what we are told are central banks are not central banks. Without central banks, there's been no elasticity. Therefore, our wealth suffers stagnation or decline. This was the whole point behind China's transition around 2013-14 and why today the Chinese communists are behaving more like, well, communists. Their capitalism phase had created the real wealth, not money, of modern China. And like all communists, when the capitalism runs out, that's when Leninist, Maoist theory says it is time to throw out the capitalists and flatten the social structure with revolution. She appears to understand the dangers of all-at-once revolution, a lesson learned from Soviet Russia and all its satellites in the late 80s. Taking his time with a more measured pace, wherein China still finds itself in the same pot with the slow boiling frog. But Kiwi's money printing, they say, but Kiwi's but QEs and money printing, they say. The Federal Reserve, like its worldly brethren, have responded time and again to the symptoms of deflation or disinflation as any central bank would. Or have they? The answer to all those questions depends entirely on a single distinction. What is the currency that must be made more elastic? If that currency involves bank reserves of the kind left over on the Fed's or ECB's balance sheet, I wouldn't be writing the same thing for essentially the fifth time. Here's what I wrote, quoting myself again for a reason, during the middle of September 2017. <clears throat> In what other discipline is it where the cause of disaster is believed immaterial to its aftermath? If you don't know what's wrong, you will never know what's right. Once is random, twice may be coincidence, but three times is all the proof anyone should ever require. Unfortunately, all the signals are again starting to align for a fourth. Yes, it would indeed turn out to be a fourth. Euro dollar number four. Not that anyone would still know it. Trade wars. This was the last time when China was making noises, the wrong ones, and yet the world remained steadfastest, steadfastly hysterical about what everyone had been told was going to be globally synchronized growth and the inflationary pressures such a thing would generate. 
what central banks like the Federal Reserve actually do, and they do this exceedingly well, is manipulation. How this bureaucracy escaped from the first global dollar shortage, GFC1, with the world believing it was all or primarily about subprime mortgages is simply an amazing, if dastardly, feat. Not of monetary skill or and proficiency, but of textbook execution for mass exploitation. The world needs Eurodollar money the Federal Reserve doesn't have. What it does have is a polished story created from myth which conveniently, repeatedly points the finger somewhere else, everywhere else. And if you don't ever think too much about the specifics and the details, what do bank reserves actually do? The last place you will go looking for answers is low bond yields. In addition to making hay for Mr. Keynes, I also made much out of a July 2015 speech given by Federal Reserve Governor Lyle Brainerd, the same person who might be, maybe even likely to be, the next Fed chairman was, at that time six years ago, thinking a little bit clearer than anyone seems to be able to today. She said, It would not be the first time this recovery has produced in fits and starts. The underlying momentum of the recovery has proven relatively susceptible to successive headwinds, which have kept overall economic growth well below the average pace of previous upturns. Bernanke had already written of false dawns. Yes, but why headwinds? What specifically were these repeating impediments so evidently serious as to keep economic growth well below the average pace of previous upturns. This was Brainerd all this from Brainerd already sounds suspiciously like the Keynes quote quote, doesn't it? If you don't know what's wrong, you won't ever know what's right. To this day they don't know. They honestly don't. Realizing, however, that they've cunningly been able to just quietly move on it remains a total mystery in public as well as private policymaking discussions. No one has ever been able to made to account for each of the prior inflation hysterias, 2014, 2017 to 18, and recovery projections that always, always fail. For over a decade, the Chinese aren't waiting for any explanation. They're quite deliberately, methodically preparing for Keynes's when but little of it is so available, our wealth suffers stagnation or decline. I'm not convinced anyone in China is that much wiser and can accurately pinpoint everything about what's so little and thus widely unavailable. Where they absolutely do exceed the capabilities of their Western counterparts is how they haven't lied to themselves about what's really happening. They may not be fully able to explain the false dawns and the headwinds always in front of them either, but they aren't in self-denial that this will somehow, a sudden retreat from random good luck, just all work out in the end if we all give it enough time. It was enough for China so, so many years ago. 
always the headwinds, no matter what government and monetary authorities throw out to distract from them, even what was done in 2020. Evergrande, therefore, a reminder of why tomorrow's expected taper is just empty, insignificant theater. Back to September 2017, because why not? That's what the dollar seems to have done in 2021. Quoting myself, to get money right, you have to figure out what went wrong. Why are banks in particular hoarding liquidity all over the world after 10 years and so many trillions? It stands to reason that on time alone, some level of normalcy would have returned by now, even if by accident or mean reversion. It suggests an active factor in the money equation, one still active today. Active then in September 2017, and very neatly, too neatly, the same in September 2021. The current incarnation of central banks will never, ever admit what really has been wrong, because to admit what must still be wrong would be to confess there are no central banks, actually proving this part of Keynes right yet again. Jay Powell's current FOMC will surely announce it tomorrow, and it will do so never once having answered for headwinds, false dawns, and the world's true wealth repeatedly suffering under stagnation and decline. If they can't answer for why this has been, and they can't, why would anyone take them seriously now? This time they really mean it? The Fed will be tapering. Who cares? That was an impassioned article, and when I read it, I knew I had to read it out to all of you. I hope I did a passable job. I didn't quite feel it, you know? I wasn't jacked to the pips when I was reading, and I think I flubbed a few lines. But it was very impassioned writing by Jeff, and I needed to bring that to all of your attention. This is, of course, from the 21st of September, right before the taper announcement from the Fed. So it's a little bit behind the times. Now we know that, of course, they're going to do the taper. But as Jeff says... Who cares? These people don't know what they're doing, as he's often noted. If you're enjoying these, please let me know in the comment section. If you're not enjoying these, please let me know in the comment section as well. You can hear this on all the podcast players. You can find this on YouTube and where else. You can go to Twitter and let me know what you think of this as well. I hope you are having a good day. I hope you have a good rest of your day. And I will talk to you again tomorrow.